Welcome to the Cult of Comics. Welcome back to the Cult of Comics podcast. I'm Tyler Brown, and here's Sean. There's Josh. Welcome. How you guys doing? Howdy, howdy. Welcome. You've got mail. Recording got in mail. progress. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. What a week it's been. Uh, oh, okay. what a week it's going to be. Why is that? Oh, all sorts of stuff. You know, lots of good image comics are going to be coming out, but we'll get to that. There- there has been a huge announcement of a lot of stuff coming out. And I mean, between this and the Substack announcements, I mean, it's going to be, my wallet's going to be hurting. And I didn't think that yeah. I was going to be collecting as many uh, series as I have been. And I'm definitely going to need to cut down on dramatic amounts of it. I might have to just get rid of most of my Marvel and DC at this point, honestly. Yeah. 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 I'm going to have to figure all that out. Like I, I've been on the, like on the razor's edge subscribing to like people on patreon and now i've got to figure mm. out substack yep or i just wait for it to come out as print media because i would probably buy it then either anyway i mean yeah i mean yeah. people are going to want to have that that physical edition of the stuff anyways so yeah. i mean i wonder if they're doing the print media once they finish the entire run if these won't just come back come out as like original graphic novels versus single issues yeah. You know, I've, that's been a bit of a question that people have been asking for some time now. A lot of speculators online who think yeah. that... It's like, all of know. the stuff's already available, just give it to me all at once. I think there, there's been a lot of Comicsgate fans and people who think that the industry is going to fall apart overnight. I've been saying for some time now that a lot of the industry is going to start switching yeah. over to graphic novels, but I just don't know if that's true. Yeah, because this... well, Image will have the data for that because they were doing a mix of both single issues and original graphic novels yeah with yeah. scott snyder where he's announced his new wave of books coming he said some he's definitely going to be releasing as single issues but some he thinks might work better as graphic novels oh mm. okay so i think it's going to be it could be a mixture of both depending on what the creators want to do what publishers want to do yeah yeah the i think that's like if the uh you know if i get like one issue via print and i'm like oh my god this is so good i need more like right now oh hey man it's all available digitally just go out there and get it digitally i mean the availability is there i think that anybody who thinks that the industry is solely dependent on releasing single issues monthly is mistaken i mean obviously that's where a lot of the money comes from but i think the industry is going to survive no matter yeah. what anyways For dc because... and marvel you're gonna see very consistent like sales but image it's it's so dependent on which comics are coming out what comics people like yeah but i mean you could say that about anything i mean really i mean i don't think it would matter too much for image comics versus like it would be a big change for dc and marvel 
I think. I guess. Uh, maybe. I, I think that people tend to forget that there's been a creators before who have released graphic novels rather than the singles, and they've been successful. And Alan Moore released that pretty big Killing Joke issue, and it was a top seller. Yeah. Then you also had From Hell, and then you had... But what you've got uh, to remember, um, Killing Joke was only, like, what, 80 pages? Yeah. It wasn't really a full graphic novel, like, here is a trade, like, 200 pages, here you go. It was mm -hmm. 80 pages. It was shorter than some of the special issues we've had from DC lately. Sure. I think that people... I just have a hard time, like, judging these things, because I just feel like when people say that they're need to start prioritizing one or the other. It makes me think about how they say that the industry is going to start making every single book $5, $6, $7. And that's becoming a little bit more commonplace now because of inflation, of course. But yeah, I just don't think that people have a really like actual understanding of how the industry works, what the profits look like, what the profit margins look like, where's the pro uh, margin of loss. Um, I mean, if anybody's going to understand that, it's probably going to be you, Josh, because you're the one who like, it makes your entire job looking at numbers. I don't look at money. You don't look at money? No. Wait a minute. Hang on. I thought that you were uh, you were a bookkeeper for the mafia. That's why it you've been was. on the run, right? Was. Yeah, Sorry. More. Shit. All right. Don't worry. We'll blow your face for this. Yeah. Can we deep? Can we deep throat him? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> And on that note, we are going to get talking about the My comics that we read this week. My wife says it's very degrading, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just had to get that last little jab in there. Uh, <laughs> I'd rather take a jab than a shot, I guess. All right, anyways, this is Monday, August 17th, 2021. We are going to be talking about the comics that we read this week, and we're going to start off by talking about Silver Coin number 5, by Michael Walsh. Michael Walsh doing story and art on this one. And, and I'm just going to say, no relation. Oh. Mm, I don't believe you, but okay. Didn't so, even think to ask. Is it not obvious? Patently obvious that his Walsh and Walsh? They're not Welsh. Yeah, no. I think if Sean was related, he would have told us. Yeah, yeah. he would have been stopping. Like, hey guys, guess what? Yeah, it's just like how he's always like, yeah, have you heard about my shop? I heard this amazing thing happened 10 years ago. I don't shop. think you can do that voice anymore. Why? It's very mean. I don't... Whatever. Get out of my face. Oh, oh okay, because you're saying that it's associated with people who might have, like, mental dis disabilities? That's, that's how the, it has been used to represent them in the past. Well, no, it's yeah, okay, because Ty Tyler would only be, like, insulting himself. Fuck you. Yeah. He's just doing an exaggerated version of what he already is, like the kid oh, from Breaking you. Bad with Cerebral Palsy. I hate you. Just wait till he's off camera and breaks character. I hate you. Anyways, uh, Silver Coin number five. This is the origin story of the coin and where it came from, as well as the reveal about the silhouetted figure with the Pilgrim's hat. Uh, well, yeah. I'm sorry, Pilgrim or uh, Puritans? I can't remember. Yeah. What's the uh, no masking, one. is it? Okay. Uh, um, he's got the buckle, but yeah. Yes, he does, Josh. Thank you very much he's for got that a little bit. On his hat. <laughs> you know what? Um, you know what they have behind the buckle is a dick. I hate you. So this is 
kind of obvious in a way because I kind of I think we all agreed that this was going to lead towards witches at some point. Yeah. You know, uh, it just had a lot of witchy vibes. Uh, no, that was the end of issue three, where the yeah, guy appears. So there's more to the story, and at the but end, didn't he briefly appear in issue two as well. Yes. When she went, to... or no, someone appeared in the house, didn't they? Yeah, I yes. didn't remember. see the person yeah. in the house, but he appears no. in. Uh, uh, ba- he's backlit. He's lit from behind. Uh, when the girl, the second girl, gets to the house. Yeah. After the so it's interesting that this is coming out when it does, because this is also coming out uh, right around the time that the Fear Street bo- uh, movies have been coming out on Netflix, oh, yeah. and the third movie in that franchise uh, specifically in deals. Sixteen sixty six. Exactly. Yep. Deals with this, basically. Mm-hmm. This, though, I would say is a bit more... Yeah. Um, well, this is very much like, uh, say, Scarlet Letter A. Sure, yeah. yeah. I would say that it's but a bit Scarlet Letter A mixed with yeah. some Witch Trials. What's the name yeah. of that? The Crucible. The Crucible. Yeah, that's all yeah, set yeah. around. You know, that's, that's set in the time area, but that's really an allegory for the Red Scare. Uh, well, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, it also makes me think of the Vavitch, uh, mm-hmm. which was a fantastic horror film. Um, I. So I'm a little mixed because as much as I recognize that this was a good issue, I'm also kind of sitting there thinking like, well, I kind of wish this wasn't that predictable. But yeah. it was told in a good enough way, and the story was well written enough that I think that it overpowered the predictability of it. Does that make sense? Respond. Sorry, say that again. <laughs> uh, I was saying that the uh, predictable nature of the comic yeah. uh, was underpowered by the way that the story was written, in that the story was written yeah. well enough that this predictable yeah, I agree. storytelling style, this the way that oh, it, uh, it developed, really was not bad. It ties everything together, a lot of things together. I mean, yeah. yeah, it does. I I just think that. Um, I think I can't it, ask. For... It could have been a very generic story because, like, oh, it's a witch. She curses the Puritan. That's and the coin. Yeah, but I think it is well written, and it is. Yeah, I think Plus, visually as well, the story's is... good. Again, it gives you a slightly different art style compared to before. Yeah, yeah. and this is twenty-four pages long, so we get those extra few pages to flesh everything out. Mm-hmm. It it does the, feel like as I've it's been saying the first paced. four issues all could have used a few more isu- a few more pages yeah. just to flesh it out a tiny bit more. It, it did it, have it a better fast, pacing in yeah. this. It is fast paced, but it still feels properly paced out. Yeah, whereas mm-hmm. the others felt very rushed. I'd say this was my favorite issue. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. From with that. a pure quality standpoint, like I think some of the others could have had more interesting ideas, but I think this it was paced a lot better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are these the the language that she speaks when she's doing a curse or a spell? These are runes, right? Well, no, these are these are like an offshoot idea of runes because runes actually are very specific in like their shape and structure. Okay, they're they're a bit more Nordic in their uh, history. This strikes me as more of like ancient Sumeridan almost, mixed with like modern day interpretations of what runes look like mm-hmm. uh a lot of those styles kind of look it, it looks like braille mixed with uh heavy dashing yeah um hmm. 
that's just what I thought. I, I yeah. tried not to read into the language too much just because I, I kind of knew that if I, I did, just, I would, pr- you know, when you put like squiggles that almost like if you blur your eyes, it could almost look like words. Like you're making mm-hmm. something that looks like it could almost be this thing. Yeah. Did you read the afterward? Yes. No. Yeah. I really like that where he's drawing himself in. He's like, thank you so oh, much. Yeah. I did read that. Yeah. So now we get to continue doing this thing. I mean, it's cool that yeah. he, um, I think that when a creator gets the chance to tell a story, that's just fun for them. I mean, they're going to be happier doing that than just, you know, pumping out whatever they can so they can make it. Well, I think and... with this, the way the story's told, it's not really the kind of story you can get bored of. Sure. It's, it's not like, oh, I just drew my 30th issue of Batman. It's like, oh, I drew a rock scene. Then I drew a murder scene at like a camp on a lake. Then I drew mm-hmm. a cool futuristic story, and then this like old timey yeah. 1600s Puritan yeah, story like, with a witch. It's like it's, now I have to doing... figure out a way to work the coin into a story. Yeah, but that's but the right. I'm job. not tired of it yet. You know, we'll see what happens after ten issues. Yeah, um, yeah. It's a you know I don't know I never read Ice Cream Man, but do they ever do anything to talk about his origin? It's hinted at, and there are hinted there might at. be an issue or two where yeah we do meet other characters who know him and yeah yeah it's kind of like the main story is the 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 story for the issue in the foreground and in the background is this overarching uh background story yeah of, that's, uh, things coming together that's what i'm um, so interested in yeah silver coin is a little bit more directly telling you the background story which yeah and i think that's I better think, it's a little more focused I think it depends on what you're what you're interested in because yeah. I think that you could make the argument that the pacing of uh, the book is a little bit too fast. Five issues in, and we already know the origin. Yeah, yeah. But now but we can ori- really originally, just focus, we can but originally it was only things. a five. It was yeah. a, a five issue mini, and then it was a success. So they brought more creators in to tell more stories. Okay, we've got the origin out of the way. Maybe we can delve farther into the origin of origins and things like that. But now Turned. we're along for the ride, and we can just explore other stories where the coin might feature. I also like the more connected nature of it compared to, like, Haha, which we had a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which every issue was drastically different. Yeah. There was yeah, no the real, coin... like, link to it. Yeah, the yeah. coin seems to stay in that localized area. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we had... A... Yeah, because we had... It was found... Like, the first guy had it with the rock guitar, then it was found in a house, like, when that building burnt down. Yeah. And Well, issue two and three feature the house that the the witch lives in here. Yeah. But the order goes from, like, five, one, three, two, four, in order. Yeah. Also, I just want to point this out. I actually don't... I I, I like that Michael Walsh wrote this. I don't think this was poorly written in the slightest i thought this no. worked really well it, was, it uh, is very good yeah well i, as think I said that, it's that's the, a for me it was the best paced issue yeah i think and, that yeah this is going to be a, this is a strong sign that moving forward the rest of the series is going to be good yeah. regardless of whoever does what issue because it's overall going to be packaged in that way it's very much like how a series like x files will have the head writer write the first two episodes, the middle episode, then the yeah. last five episodes to kind of gather up all of the pieces. You know, the episodes the that overarching. don't matter, you know, yeah. somebody else. The filler stuff is going to be there and they can have some fun with that. Even if they end up being phenomenal, you can have some legendary, very memorable 
uh, episodes, but the overarching theme and the overall uh, story arc of the main characters is going to be in the background and these little snippets of actual episodes that deal with the main focused plot. And Michael Walsh is a good writer in this, so I'm looking forward to more of this. Yeah. 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 And obviously the next issue we've got by Josh Williamson, and it is set in an yes. arcade. Which is going to be very interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. I love um, Josh Williamson. Yeah, I, I like really that. like oh, stories that take place in arcades. Just one thing, more thing I wanted to point out was the symbology of, like, she was betrayed by someone getting paid a, pay, a piece of silver. Yep. Well, like Judas. The, yeah, they call her Judas. That's pretty yeah. on the nose right there. Mm-hmm. Which is also kind of ironic since the person who is literally doing the hanging of the witch is somebody who is a religious fanatic for Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I don't... Cotton does I don't know... I don't know what the... Well, I mean, I guess he's a Puritan, but I'm, I'm wondering if there's a, a extremist version of Puritans outside yeah. of just Puritans. Well, th- yeah, it, it's very much set back when they were hunting witches and that kind of thing, so there would have been a more sure. extremist. Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Terrifying thought. The different ways he's murdered women. Yeah. But all it, of the elements him. of all, you know, all of the elements that we see in the other four issues are established here. The crow, mm. the other witches, the coin, this yeah. guy, the house, the zombies. It's, well, the, I was going to actually bring that up. Zombies are the other witches. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah, it seems but to be we insinuated. We saw them that... in issue three, didn't we? When the yes. woman was running through the woods. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this, I'm having a lot yeah. of fun with this. Should we move on? Yeah, I like the shout out yeah. to Nailbiter in the preview for next issue. The pinball machine that says Nailbiter. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's uh, let's move on to Kyle Higgins' uh, newest book, issue number two of Ordinary Gods uh, by Higgins and Felipe Watanabe. It's better. I really enjoyed issue one. Issue I two too. was really good as well. Well, I think that uh, I I really don't want to sound like a broken record, but I I would like to point that something that I've said before is you're selling me the book on the on the first book, mm-hmm. but you're capturing me and yeah. hooking me in issue two. So mm-hmm. to me, that ending with this was phenomenal enough that I'm like, yeah, I absolutely want to read the next issue. Yeah. yeah, that the ending in this gets spoiled by. The, the uh, cover of issue the one. covers. So now I know all the different reincarnations that he is of. So I'll be honest with you, I have a tendency to skip over the covers now, like mentally in my mind, yeah. because it's his ADHD. Yeah, yeah, it is. But it is also I would like to think that it's my brain being like, that's going to spoil something. Don't pay attention yeah. to that because the amount of times that that's been spoiled or it has nothing to do with what's the plot of the actual book itself, I'm just like skip past that. Let's just move on yeah. to something else. Like this last issue of Green Lantern had. Sojourner Truth on the cover, and she wasn't featured in it whatsoever. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Radiant Black has done a good job at least trying to subvert expectations by making the covers normally uh, something that's not going to happen. In the yeah. Book. Yeah. Well, I feel like the covers for that book are just very generic as well. Yeah. They aren't really tied to what's in the issue. Yeah. So I think issue I mean, two was just like a, bl- a blue like side profile of the characters. Yeah. Well, they're they're I think they're trying to do the action shots that they do in traditional superhero comics, and mm, 
it's just not my favorite thing ever. I mean, my favorite covers have always been the ones that are a little bit more artistic. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, I like that we can focus on one story in this. I mean, I know we have some of the flashbacks to Russia that are being paralleled with his running, trying to run away. But the, I just don't like the story of where they're from. It's it's way too abstract. So I'm just happy that we can focus on the present day stuff. Well, I don't really have an issue with the telling the story of where they came from, like in hints. Like they've already hinted at the relationship between the main character and the old woman and their past uh, with each other. She says, uh, and by the way, when you do remember, I forgive you. Don't worry about it. I um, forgive you for and... doubting me is what I thought it was. Oh, no. To me, I interpreted that as they must have come into con- conflict with each other at some point in their past lives. Yeah. And... I understand it's a lot, Christopher, but soon you will understand, and I promise I won't hold it against you. Oh, I mean, I guess if you're... Yeah, I guess it could just be that, as simple as that. Maybe but... there might have been another eh, maybe. quote somewhere around here. Um, But the, the did... whole backstory, you know... People are fighting with swords and axes, but we have the technology to trap people on a planet with humanoids or human people. Yeah. Whatever we are, we've got gods. It's almost like Assassin's Creed, where you've got the uh, Isu Secret. with yeah the uh, you know three strand you know three spiral DNA, and we have all these powers. And we have power over people, and all of the different land areas territories have a different uh emotion it's almost like the green lantern corpse but without the green lanterns any lantern colors um i think the concept is simple enough yet interesting enough that it works i guess what i'm hoping for next is something that's gonna wow me a little bit more i think that this explanatory issue was really good but the thing that hooked me honestly was the the reveal about stalin you Mm -hmm. know i thought that was fascinating enough that i want to keep reading it yeah i just think that this can be a really boring story really fast if you're not careful is my is my personal thought Mm. um i agree but i like higgins enough as a writer like radiant blacks captured me enough i think i trust Mm. that it's going to go somewhere sure i i I haven't read enough Higgins to really have too much of an opinion outside of Radiant Black, realistically. So, I right now I'm prioritizing Radiant Black over, you know, Ordinary Gods, just because it's on issue yeah. two and I don't know exactly what to think. But I mean, like I said, I liked it enough that I I was captivated. Um, I did find myself kind of going like, okay, there's a lot of text in conversation here. Um, mm-hmm. but when he did write those texts, they felt like those characters voices. Yes. So I will at least give him that. Um, I really don't have any complaints about the art style. I think Felipe Watanabe is just a fantastic artist. And I think that he does a really good job of capturing, uh, emotion. I think that he makes the characters look interesting. Um, yeah. Is it? I almost feel bad saying this, but it's like as captivated as I was with this, I I feel like I know for a fact that I could get like out of this really fast, you know, mm-hmm. like, and I can't pinpoint specifically what it is. It It's if, even if I wasn't like worried about the finances and the amount of books that I'm subscribed to right now anyways, but 
if I'm just looking at the story in itself, I guess I'm asking myself like how high on a priority would I put this book as far yeah, as like all of the independent stuff? Well, I mean, we're only at issue two right now and it's not feeling like a high priority right now. Like it's not the yeah. top of the list. So if push came to shove and it's like, oh, I only have so much money in my pocket, you know, this might be one of the ones that I cut. I just, I'm, I don't have an attachment is... to it yet. Yeah, I think yeah. my problem personally is that, and I think that uh, Sean can can back me up on this because he knows like what my habits are. It's that sometimes I can be really overtly critical about things, and I just have to ask the question of like, well, okay, if you are going to do this story, if you are going to do this, then why am I not wowed from it? Like, I want to be able to read something, watch something, whatever, and then come back from it and just sit there and just go, holy shit, like yeah. that issue of radiant black where the guy goes into a coma was such a wow issue i mean even this last issue with the backstory of the red radiant that was awesome mm -hmm. like that was told in such a captivating engaging stimulating way that i want that more regularly that's why and... i think give it a few more issues because the coma thing happened in issue three of radiant black Sure. And before that, I think we were all enjoying it, but it was still just a little. It, was, it felt yeah. like invincible, a little. It's it's mm -hmm. it's a bit of a soft inches. start. It had yeah. a soft start. This had a harder start, but not yeah. a, not a soft, but still, it takes. I I know I know I'm giving it a few more issues. I'm this not to wowed me right yet, now but feels I'm not like oh I don't think yeah. it sucks. Yeah. No no no, but I definitely feel like this this right now feels less like an ongoing series and more of like a limited series from Miller World than anything else yeah yeah if you agree? i get that i get that uh but they're definitely i mean the art is definitely good i mean i think the oh whole, yeah i have no issues with the art yeah uh, the whole black light you know having to be under black light was just to showcase you know watanabe's ability yeah. to draw this kind of stuff it's uh uva in specific by the way yes um i Definitely, I really hope they do an uh, issue where they delve a little bit more into the, quote, cult uh, on the island there and some of the people oh, that are yeah. a part of it. Yeah, oh, that's uh, the, shot the, of the Scientology lighthouse. church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. the lighthouse on that island, that's a good two-page spread. I feel like Kyle Higgins woke up one day and was like, dude, what, the comic book, what if Scientology was real and Thetans were people? Holy shit. And mm. then he made this. Yeah. Well, Careful. if you, if you don't, realize don't that you're a badmouth Scientology, otherwise we'll yeah. be suicided yeah. by two bullets to the back. And of head. they don't <laughs> feel bad. Like uh, I don't. Re Here's a problem. I don't know anybody's name. I have no idea anybody's names except for Brianna. That's the only name I know, and yeah. she's. He, yeah. they, they said it like ten times this issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what about Brianna? Know. To save Brianna, you've got. <laughs> yeah. But what about Brianna? I love Brianna. You'll have to kill Brianna. Will he kill <laughs> Brianna? I don't know about Brianna. Uh. But, you know, realizing you're a god, now you have no... They really have no uh, care for anybody. They know they're using people to, you know... Make to, ends meet to yeah, justify their the cause. Yeah. yeah. But like, they I, have got a time frame. They've got a time limit to do this in. Sure. Because they mentioned that the guy who was tracking them down to awaken them... Oh. Is he was born like what fifty five years ago, something like that? Yeah. Mm. So when he dies, it seems like he's their last resort to get them all awake. Maybe I, we don't know if he's going to be reborn. Sarah, with an E. But he wasn't one of the gods. He was just a no. He is the guy that's them. been sent into the Matrix to find them. Yeah. The Matrix. 
Matrix. So I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I don't think he'll be reborn if he does die. It's hard to say. Uh, but the lady's name is Sarah. S A R E H. Sarah. That's weird. Mm. I don't like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I'll see where it goes next. Like I said, I'm I'm interested enough that I want to see what happens in issue three. I'm definitely going to pick it up. I guess oh. uh, we'll just have to. Also, the dog god. <laughs> I liked that. I mean, look, yeah, I'm, I'm a dog slut, so that's yeah. I like it. And we're he, we're putting he, he our souls like into lesser beings. Dog, fine. Yeah. <laughs> to, a she to, actually. To gods, dogs and humans just look alike. God is just dogs built backwards. Your parents. Oh my you've god. Ne- you've never seen the in betweeners, have you, Tyler? Oh, you saw. You've shown me. You saw a bit of it in the in between his movie. The stupid characters like, oh, I stopped believing in God when I realized it's just dogs spelled backwards. <laughs> like G O D, D O G. It's like an anagram, but a backwards one, isn't it? That was the entire quote. <laughs> <laughs> All right. God bless the stupid people. I love yeah. them so much. Um, shall we move on to Fantastic Four? Yeah. yeah. Go for cool. it. All right, Fantastic Did Four, Life Story this, number Josh? three. No, I, I skimmed oh. it a little bit, but I don't need it. What I thought mean? this well, was great. It probably. I skimmed through it. I read bits and pieces of it. Josh, what? just a question. What, Tyler? What did you buy this week? What comics did you buy? All of them. Tell me. Did, did you just get the free ones? Yeah, just the and free you, ones. You just and then I went and I was shop. like, oh my god, I need a second copy of Deep Beyond. I knew yeah. it. I knew it. No, you know what? I'm and then I have to buy the stuff. trades, and I gotta get the Deep Beyond t-shirt. No, you know what? I'm looking Beyond. at your selection of stuff that you bought this week. You bought a bunch of stuff that we didn't read, which was I The know. Secret Land, Mammo, Tankers, ENIAC, The Lot, Why aren't one you and reading two. what I'm reading? God damn you, you fucking contrarian motherfucker. I'm contrarian. <laughs> How am I contrarian? What are you insinuating? I don't know. I fucking hate you. Anyways, I know. <laughs> Fantastic Four number three by Mark Russell and Sean Isaacs. Uh, this is the issue to me that actually makes me okay. I'm not gonna lie. I actually teared up a lot at this. I yeah. I got to that page which we won't mention just yet, but like we're we'll build up to it. Mm-hmm. I got to that page and my jaw dropped. And I was like, oh my god. Yeah. And I did just feel like crying. I sort of. Put, I actually, yeah. I, I was, I, I put, read it late. I put last the issue night. down, and I was like, I just need some time away from comics for a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. This like, is also. I've been rewatching Scrubs recently. I started like mm-hmm. last week, and you get to episode four, and it's one of the most like emotional, depressing episodes of any TV show I watch. And I watched that, and I was like, Yeah, now I need some time away from Disney Plus. <laughs> Let's yep. go for a walk. Oh, it's on I Disney Plus. Yes, everything's on Disney uh, Plus, Josh. Everything, even the porn. Um. Especially the porn. Especially the porn. Um, this is one of the only times that you'll find a big two publisher directly having actual former American presidents in their actual books themselves. This one deals with Reagan, the Reagan administration, the Cold War. And I'm not surprised by that because it's Mark Russell. Mark Russell has a strong history of very directly making uh, connections. He's, he's really just unafraid. Mark Russell is the kind of guy who is like, why would I, why would I censor myself for literally any reason whatsoever? I want to make the books I want to make. Pretty Here brave for a guy who got his career started by writing Count Chocula fan fiction. 
<laughs> which apparently is so good that he got hired immediately. Yeah, I think was it Karen Berger who read it. Yeah, I think In so. In spite of Count Chocula. Yeah. Like I actually really want to read it now because so he's, do I. He's a great. He's a good enough writer, fantastic enough writer that I definitely want to. Yeah, I, I want to know when he wrote this to get some reference. It was like 2014, 15, something like that. Oh. Because this is before he wrote the first okay. game. It was, it was uh, Marie Yavins, who is now the editor-in-chief at DC, who mm. discovered him because of his Count Chocula fanfiction. Okay. That's fantastic. But if it's like dark and gritty, was it dark and gritty before everybody else was dark and gritty? It's not... He doesn't write dark and gritty. He writes honest. He writes something that feels real. Like, he did a Snagglepuss comic that directly deals with uh, gay communities in America and how they are affected. Because Snagglepuss is a in a lot of ways a gay icon uh and a figure in a lot of queer communities uh and i think it takes place in new york and him trying to get on broadway he oh. he's a it's very weird man like you wouldn't expect it you're just sitting there you're like what am i reading this is so fucking good he did a, a goddamn john stewart green lantern and uh huckleberry hound book that directly had to do with the civil rights movement like in place civil rights movement and I don't know what this guy is smoking, but this guy is just like, he, I do not care. He also wrote a Flintstones book that won yeah, multiple Eisners. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, 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 bit. you're fine. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys have actually read uh, any, views, any interviews with him or listened to any interviews with him. Nope. He's, a, he's, a, he's a wild cat, man. I'll tell you right now. He is something else. So he was talking about how when he was doing the Flintstones book right before he got hopped on it, he was given a contract where... Uh, Warner Brothers had this big list of demands for what they wanted from him to write. They wanted uh, Fred to say yabba dabba do a like certain number of times per book, uh, and it had to deal. They had to have like Dino fuck up like his day at some point. They wanted oh, I uh, there's Wilma, a whole checklist, yeah, like a giant list of things that they wanted from him. And his response was, "I'm not going to do that. I'm going to write the book that I want." <laughs> uh, and Dan Didio, yeah. He really did. He was like, that's stupid. I'm not going to do that. And Dan Didio backed him up. He was like, absolutely. You get to tell whatever story you want. I like your writing. Yeah. Dan Didio was like, I will fight tooth and nail to make sure that you get your story told. It's and so weird how Dan Didio on one hand's like, oh, I'm going to fight for you to have your story. For like the smaller, you know, the smaller books. And then the big you. stuff, he's like, no, you're killing Wally. You're killing these characters. Yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Yeah. It's just plain favorites. Yeah. So what does uh, Mark Russell do? He takes the uh, Water Buffalo uh, Men's Club, and he's like, oh, what, what, well, what is that group anyways? Because a lot of those former organizations were like men's club groups that oh, came together for... Okay. Yeah, so he would like have them come together for... They would, they would come together for like religious reasons or something. So what yeah. does he do with this? He makes it a Veterans of War group for people to come together and talk oh, about yeah. their experiences. Definitely doesn't do gritty. Yeah, well, I mean, it's real. Some, Less... I know it's more real, but it's like taking something that's just like nothing and making it, you know, veterans of war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's doing this. He's doing that in this book in a lot of ways. He's he's taking the reflections of what it must be like to be an intellectual, a person of science working in America, having to deal with an industry and uh uh, uh, a presidential um, cabinet that really doesn't care about science and bettering the world. What they care about is making themselves the strongest, making themselves being perceived as uh, the strong arm flex of the world. 
and especially during an election cycle, which is highlighted in specific. Yeah. And Reed Richards is constantly running into these issues of like, there's this issue coming. And I finally got why that was so highlighted the way it was in this issue. This is all one big story about environmentalism. That's what the overall theme of this is. It's a scientist coming forward to people who don't fucking get it. And they aren't going to get it until the uh, it's knocking at our door. Oh, and that's why it's, it's going allegory. to lead up to. Yeah. And it's a really brilliant allegory, realistically, when you think about how it started in the 60s. A scientist says, there's this looming threat that's coming. We have to figure out what to do about this. I don't care if you all think I'm crazy about it. Mm-hmm. Then the 10 years later, and they're like, well, it's a possibility. 10 years after that, oh, it's definitely coming, but we don't have enough people like interested in taking care of it. It's going to come out to 2010. And it's going to be Galactus at death's door, and Galactus is going to be representative. Sure, it took of... him a long time. Yeah, but it looks exactly. like uh, Silver Surfer is going to be in the next issue. He yeah. is in the nineties, yeah. So oh, wait, it's going to be a, yeah. This was in the eighties. Okay. Yeah, yeah this yeah, is yeah. Cold War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixties, seventies, eighties, Texas nineties. The thing that I love about this so goddamn bad is that I didn't think about that until this issue, and then it smacked me in the face, and I'm like, oh my god, yes, I love it. Yeah, and he makes all of these characters like so human enough that I actually sit there and I'm like, you know, I, I'm frustrated at Reed for not being a good father and husband. I'm frustrated at Sue for not being able to relate to her husband, but also I sympathize with her. Yeah, but I, like, I'm frustrated. I, it's complicated. I, under, I understand why he's being like that though. He has literally got more important things to deal with. Absolutely, and he's saying like, look. I love my family. I love what I, I want to maintain these things, but nobody's taking this seriously but me. And I'm the only one fighting for this. I have to keep fighting. And it really is that question of, do you stop when it's hard and it's oh. at its hardest? Right. So. I've completely I've, forgotten so many things from issue two already. This Mark Russell has been nominated multiple times for Eisner's for either a mini series or a single issue. And I would be, baffled if he doesn't get attention for these for this story right now yeah i likely yeah oh my mic just fell over um i after reading this i really need to go read spider-man life story as well um and see how that deals with the decades as well i'm not expecting as big a allegory political political yeah analogy but yeah i'm just it's just seeing like this the way the story's taking place over this time frame. It reminds me of, like, the Ultimate Comics, how they hit, like, all the big beats of these characters from the last, like, 50 years, mm-hmm. but streamlined it into one straightforward series. Exactly. Only instead of doing that, it's essentially putting them into a one-shot, almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think I think it works better in this, because Mark Russell very clearly has said, I know exactly how I want the generations yeah. to be split. And... Chip Zdarsky did not fall falter in that way at all. It's kind of more just. I read the end of it and I was just sitting there being just like really fucking depressed and I'm just like Jesus Christ, yeah, I guess the Spider-Man books are really goddamn depressing. There is so much loss. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it's hard to pinpoint specifically if there is a message there because I don't want to dig for a message that isn't there. Yeah. But well, we can save that for the uh, Spider-Man Spider Shadow because it's a pretty similar conversation for that issue yeah a little bit it's like you're telling me a good story but i feel like when i'm reading this all i'm getting is that it's just a good story that's not a bad thing at all it's not really a complaint it's kind of just more of like 
did you have a goal in mind that you were yeah. trying to get me, the audience member, to have while reading this? Because I didn't get anything. But how many times can you rehash the same story uh, before it's not that interesting? Uh, you'll have to ask Mike Mignola because he's been beating out fucking Hellboy comics randomly over the years and he has not stopped. Yeah. And it still sells, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, so let's go on to the big bit of the issue, which is... Um, I believe it was a weather... I can't tell. Early on in the issue, they set up that weather satellites caused the Soviet missile alert thing to go off. No. So what they uh, said was that it was weather satellites, but that was a lie because realistically it was actually Reagan taking bombers right at the border uh, of Russian yes, yes, airspace. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so that is actually not necessarily untrue because Reagan did push... Constantly yeah. during the Cold War, his limits on what he could do. Fucking mm-hmm. psychopath. But then, was. when it gets to the end, is it the this Soviets the... haven't actually fired? What is causing the alert on the American side? I assume Doom and his people. Yeah. So yeah. the Mad Thinkers device that he was that he sold to Congress, the Logics computer systems, uh, okay. gave a false flag and said that there was uh, an attack. Which in yeah. turn caused the Soviets to respond, which in turn, you know, caused this panic of all-out war, and that was a real threat that people were absolutely terrified of in America. I mean, yeah. people were waking up every day like in fear, thinking that it was all going to go down, um, at really just any second. The the thing that I am frustrated with is I've never seen anything in Marvel specifically deal with this. The last time I think I can recall something like this being dealt with was in Superman, the first film. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's Are a very direct... Are you like, looking for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, or was it Superman 2 where he goes to the United Nations and dismantles all the nukes? I can't remember. I believe that's Superman 2. Okay. Well, outside of that, that's the only other time that I can think of where a superhero character who very clearly has the ability to dismantle all the nukes, has done something like this. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of the event. Yeah, sure. Um, the ending the ending of this, I wasn't that surprised by because I know what the Jonathan Hickman story was. You know? So I, I kind of yeah. saw it coming Are at you, that last five pages. Jonathan Hickman story? Spoiler alert, If you anybody who actually really wants to read this. Josh, that includes you. I already looked through it. The Death of Human Torch. Yeah, I didn't know. So that's a different Jonathan Hickman series. Yeah, so when he actually did the main Fantastic Four storyline, he uh, had the Human Torch uh, fight to his death. Yeah, who did he fight in this? It was like a horde. uh, Oh, no, in this one, he sucked up a nuke. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because one got blasted off, but they they didn't manage to stop. Mm -hmm. And it's going to blow up New York. Okay. No, actually, he he flies all the way over to Russia, uh, I think is what happens. It looked like the Statue of Liberty's there, unless he then... Is it? Yeah, Twin Towers the missile... there. It's New York. Oh, because that, that, hmm, that was weird. I, I thought that it was going to Russia because... The... Yeah, it launched from the US. Exactly. But no, you That's see it fly past the Statue of Liberty, and then he intercepts it over the Twin Towers. So the only thing I can think of is that the Mad Thinker must have programmed it in specific to go to that. Maybe. Okay, so yeah. this is the Mad Just, Thinker and not Doom, because I thought that did Doom die? Oh, I thought Doom died in issue two or something. He no, he arrested. was captured. Yeah. yeah. 
But um, the Mad Thinker has been like hiding his face, uh, comes to collect Doom, bring him to a secret uh, location, and then show him his plan, which is to save the world from Galactus will destroy the world preemptively. So that way Galactus will go along the highway of the space and then see us as roadkill. His, his words. Yeah. And then it obviously fails, so here we go. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it is kind of that environmentalism you said where like you're making the world unappealing... It's going to be a desolate wasteland that mm-hmm. doesn't benefit Galactus at all. Yeah. But yeah, the scene of Johnny dying, like, I could tell it was going to come, but just, it still hit me. Oh, yeah. Because it wasn't like his body was just dead. Like, he was still alive for a few seconds, like, yeah. talking, and then, yeah. His flame literally snuffed out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like, I was just sitting there, and I was just, like, holding it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, fuck, I'm not going to cry at a superhero comic book again. Not yet. <laughs> um... Yeah, man, I really cannot, I cannot, str- this is that, that miniseries that I'm going to be telling everybody, like, you yeah. need to read this. It's one of the you best superhero comics I've read. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whoops. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess we can move on to uh, the next one. The next one on the, the list. The next one. Uh, we actually mentioned it prior, so uh, we're going to talk about Spider-Man Spider Shadow number five by Chip Zdarsky and Pascal Ferry. Um, the final issue in this story arc. Mm-hmm. I really thought we would get, I mean, we get a little tease at the end, but I really thought they would have announced what the next series was going to be. Yeah, I thought the same. Is Did that they... disappointing to you? Because I just didn't, I didn't mind that much, honestly. I, well, it seems like at the end of the first issue, they had a whole thing like, this is kicking off, you know, our new, you know, sort of what if uh, line of comics. And for sure, like... the, you know, black and white and blood series they were always saying what the next one is going to be at the end yeah and like considering yeah. we got solicitations two days after this was released they could have announced the next one in this and have it solicited in the new solicits mm-hmm. mm. uh, okay yep johnny storm features in this one a lot i mean it's the fantastic four plus the avengers and spider-man but uh, Johnny Storm being able to, you know, basically say, okay, I'm carrying MJ, and I need this arm or this leg to not be on fire. I like that. I like the artistic touch. Yeah. I'm still confused about why the symbiote-possessed people don't have symbiotes over their body. I mean, I know they kind of touched on how, like, they extracted some of the essence, but it's just kind of confusing to me as far as, like, a yeah. choice. Yeah. They- their faces are kind of changed. They look more like scrolls. Yeah. I kind of feel like maybe this was just an easier way of drawing the characters without having them like have the symbiotes over their bodies. Like Maybe that was a bit of a challenge. And you wanted for time. the rec- recognizable designs as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially from that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect the ending, I'll say that. I, th- I thought that that was a very like uniquely, like this happened in this universe due to this series of events, and yeah. I, I'm not opposed to it, honestly. No, I liked the ending. And I yeah. liked Sue didn't blame Peter. I, it was yeah. it felt like a very mature so, ending of like, she could have been forever. upset at him, but it was like, no, like I know it wasn't your fault. Yeah. yeah. For everyone at home, Reed Richards dies in this. So, uh... Yeah. We don't have bad, bad, yeah, bad day we needed uh, this yeah, week. <laughs> yeah, we needed uh, two other issues. One issue, one comic where the thing dies, and one issue where Sue dies. Mm-hmm. I um, I guess 
there, I also still have that criticism that I've had before about how Chip Zdarsky has written Peter here because I, I know in my head I'm telling myself, like, the reason why his attitude has changed is because of the symbiote. It's made him a little bit more hardened, a little bit more mature, and he's becoming a little bit more... Um, I don't want to say grown up, but he's definitely had a bit of uh, catharsis or something. And I th think that that justification in my head makes it okay, but it's still hard for me to read this and then say that truly is Peter Parker to some extent. There's a lot of points where I feel like his typical shame, the, the constant uh, feelings of responsibility over other people's safety all the time, always, seems less present there. And again, it's a what if universe where the symbiote became much more prominent with him. So I forgive it for that. And I can understand why it's just hard in my head, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. In the end, uh, the symbiote is still defeated, but the changes that we have because of that, May is dead. A couple of villains are dead. Mm -hmm. uh, Reed Richards is dead. Uh, and then we have this set of epilogue uh, stuff going on. So Spider-Man joins the Fantastic Four. Uh, Jameson basically tells Brock, I mean, Brock never gets the symbiote, mm -mm. and uh, tells Brock to let go of that chip on his shoulder. So where does that take you? Like, how do you think takes... this, how does that spiral out? Well, I don't think that Brock is going to, Eddie Brock is going to be a character very much anymore. Maybe he'll come along and become like the new Punisher or something silly like that. But um, I think the highlight obviously is the very end with the reveal that Kingpin is still alive and that they have captured a symbiote that is going to be used for him mm -hmm. in the future. He's using a device that's Darth Vader-esque that allows him to speak. Um, yeah, I'm surprised he was I, still alive. I thought... He yeah, him. me too. Well, especially with the, the confrontation that they had had, it just seems maybe he just broke his jaw the same way that he did in issue uh, 700 to uh, Scorpion. Mm -hmm. You know, just like completely removed his jaw and like that's why he has to wear the device. So he was left for dead, but he still lived because of yeah. the people in the tower. What was the uh, description of these minor symbiotes that were part of the larger symbiote? I can't remember, honestly synthesized yeah. using elements of the main symbiote and reads unstable molecules formula oh right yeah they did incorporate that didn't they um i mean maybe that's why they don't look like symbiote symbiotes yeah you know because of the unstable molecules they have a tendency to conform to certain uh variable feet kind of like how water in a glass is going to conform to the shape of it maybe they're just conforming to the visualization of it yeah. of the people that they host so um, i'm hoping if there's I, I i would have hoped they'd go to different points in the universe and see what happens there i'm not sure mm -hmm. i want to see a continuation of this but i'm hoping if they do continue this that they're not like you know this is basically the same symbiote and same powers or at least same strength you know maybe they try and go for carnage but you know normally it's like the next symbiote is stronger than the previous symbiote I'm hoping they go with, like, this symbiote is weaker than the previous symbiote. Well, I mean, Thanks. when Carnage formed, it was less that... It wasn't that he was weaker or stronger. It was more that he became modified because of what had happened with uh, uh, 
Wow, I'm sorry, I'm terrible at names today. Um, the original Carnage uh, Cletus Cassidy. Thank you, Cletus Cassidy. Um, he was modified basically because of the insanity, and Cletus is such an intensely strong personality with an ego and psychology that surpasses the um, mental capacity of the symbiote that did take him over, that it became the personality. So Cletus Cassidy and Carnage are pretty much the same thing. There isn't Cletus and then Carnage. So, like, the difference between Eddie Brock and Venom, or the Venom symbiote, the, com the, the combination of Cletus and Carnage, they're the same person at this point. That's a big reason why he seems stronger. It's really just more that his insanity, super uh, power, super, not superimposed, took over the uh, other aspects of the symbiote. Um, yeah. And, and nerd rant. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've been talking for a minute. I'm curious what you guys think about this series as a whole now. Uh, I don't know if the ending was as strong as I would have liked. Yeah. Uh, but it was a pretty good series. I like being able to go into these what ifs or else worlds. The stakes are real. You know, you're not like, okay, well, this person needs to be alive for the next series. Like, People can't actually die and stay dead. Yeah. You know, if you're writing this, you can actually take some chances and really try out some out there things. Like, what if, you know, we had all the symbiotes take over the Avengers? Yeah. I mean, there has been stories that have been really wacky out there before. I'm not opposed to something that has a little bit more linear, like, grounded concepts. Uh... Because I think that that tells a better story, frankly. But I guess I am wondering if this really met its full potential, just based on the way it ended. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think in part the ending might benefit from whatever comes next. If it is another Chip mm. Zdarsky written Spider-Man miniseries. Or, I'm sorry, not yeah. Spider-Man, Fantastic Four miniseries. Oh, okay, so you're thinking they're going to continue off of this... Well, I think there the could next. there could be more what ifs of different stuff, like what if I don't know Frank Castle's children lived, but then I think this might get a sequel of like what if Spider Man. Oh. Mm. Okay. Did you say Thanks. that there was already a solicit for the next what if? No, I just said it would oh, okay. be perfect timing to announce the next book okay. yeah. because the solicits were coming out so soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's right. there's nothing in there for Marvel. Nothing that I've noticed. Nothing that's. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Now we get to talk about the uh, big, big, big issue of Rorschach number eleven by Tom King and Jorge Fornes. And are we still thinking that this is going to lead up to what we're all thinking? I feel like we all have had this discussion since issue one that this well, is going to lead up to that that the detective is going to become Rorschach. Oh, basically. yeah. 100%. That's what they keep hinting at. I. I fell out of love with the series with this issue really yeah, well I, I don't think i'm falling out of love but it seems a little i don't know honestly contrived. i think that well i think that i this... didn't like that we got the rev we had that mystery in issue one where it was like but the fingerprints were the same like yeah. could this be um i'm doing a title now yeah. what's his name <laughs> Walter Kovacs. Walter Kovacs, yes. It was like, 
what Kovacs uh, prints were found at the scene. And in this issue, we get one throwaway speech bubble saying, oh, you planted Kovacs yeah, prints the, there. The kind of precipitating uh, thing that caused you to go out on this journey was based on a lie. I wouldn't yeah. call it a throwaway line because the majority of this issue is just throwing words at the wall to kind of like give you information. It's a lot of information thrown yeah, around. Explaining but, yeah. all the little missing links and details that they got wrong before. So Putting as a person who's together. a really as a person who's a really big fan of a lot of crime stories and memento and um, noir stories, I loved this a lot. Um, yeah. It's a good crime story, but I don't know. Here's the real question. Do we think that he's actually going to believe in the whole squid in the brain thing? Who? The detective. I don't... Because he's been denying it nonstop. Yeah. Well, I don't see how he'd be convinced that the squid thing was anything related to this. Just... Well... These crazy people were basically... uh, I don't even know. The part that's not really explained well is how they came to be the people to assassinate Turley how mm. they were chosen well they uh, hang on because well, they did say, there was yeah. a conversation with the imagined cowgirl uh, specifically about Laura yeah there, there was a conversation with her specifically about the whole squid thing and how like she believes it um, Meyerson believes it the detective still says yeah they're crazy yeah they they were picked because they were crazy and yeah, crazy. and somehow we know that and these, people are pla- these people are planning an attack, but we don't think they're that good. How do you know about someone that's planning an attack but don't know their ability? Well, because they thought that they were crazy. Remember, they already established that. They were like, they're crazy. This isn't going to succeed. It's too far away. That's the whole point of why they yeah. kill off that one dude on the farm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I get that part, but like, in the real world, I mean, you'd find people and you'd kind of mm, assess their ability to actually follow through. Realistically, I think that as human beings anyways, we're going to undervalue yeah. or undermine somebody's abilities regardless or over uh, yeah. uh, have higher expectations the, of what the, people can do. The original question was how do they discover that this girl and an old man who are planning an attack? Because they don't really share that with anybody. Wait, I'm sorry. What was your question? How do they come upon the little the girl and the old man? How do they know that information that they're planning an attack? How does Turley's group find that out? They planned it. What? They planned it. That's the whole thing. This is a big reveal that it was the Turley campaign that planned yes. this whole thing. Yeah. How does Turley's campaign find Laura and the other guy? How do they find these people to, you know, hire them basically? Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying in the in the preemptive measures to put the plot together like, moving. We forward, need to find somebody find to fake an assassination attempt. Oh hey man, I just know these two people that are already planning an attack sure. of some sort. hmm I think that they have said that they had already had a large amount of information on the kid anyways. I think that it was just a matter of pushing her in the right direction to find Meyerson. I don't think they planned out Meyerson at all. I think they were mostly focused on the girl. Hmm. All right. 
I don't know. That, don't get me wrong. I, I'm, I, I agree that that is something that's a little unclear. It's, it's I'm just loose. speculating at that, that point. That part's yeah. a little tenuous, but... They might wrap it up in the next issue. Who knows? Yeah. Maybe um, he does... I mean, this is him trying to figure out the whole story. Maybe some mm-hmm. part of this is not correct. Well, so they had been writing each other for a long time, so we at least know that. Like, they had been in conversation, then they finally meet. That's how the plot moves forward from there. I really think that they were just focused on trying to get her, if yeah. anything. Yeah, but the, I mean, this detective is basically trying to put all the pieces together to figure out what the actual story is. Maybe there's something that he has gotten wrong out of this story. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It's a potential. It's a possibility. I I, I loved this issue. I'm sorry to hear that you've uh, fell out of love with this, Sean. Well, there was only one issue left, so my lack of love isn't going to last long. <clears throat> I mean... No, it was just that Kovacs thing, like, that was the one thing all throughout I've been excited by. I'm like, oh, but how is this going to come back in? How is this going to become relevant? And then just have this issue be like, oh, you planted the prints there, you got them from a fan. It's... Yeah. It was just the one bit I was super excited for the whole way through. And yeah. every issue I was like, will this be the one where we we finally get the reveal of Kovacs? Or yeah. like where the prints came from? And then we get 11 months into the series one issue's going it's like oh yeah that's a fake out well i would be really surprised if it just gets to be as simple as that that just doesn't strike me as something that tom king does really or maybe it is maybe you're getting faked out right now yeah maybe you're faking me right out right now man i mean oh, i'm my God, right, man. right here yeah. let's Come, let's, uh, uh, damn. let's jump to that last page where he's back talking to his boss who's dressed like he's in miami vice i know <laughs> He's all talking about, like, he's like, oh, business is done. Now we can talk Mm. about these ladies, these girls out Mm. in L.A., man. God, the amount of times this guy said ladies, I was just like, okay, I get it. There's a lot. Also, this story is set in this year, but they still have landlines. Yeah, well, I mean, the whole technology in uh, Watchmen in the Watchmen universe just took like very uh diverging like 20 years back they yeah. took by very very diverging paths like certain technologies did not progress you know they're still using like cassette tapes yeah i i there's some i can't even get the whole idea out there some sort of theory about certain technologies that didn't progress because of certain things that didn't happen uh okay interesting yeah oh oh is that the same theory that speculates that certain technologies advanced because of 9 11 oh not just that uh probably would go back to something about vietnam and dr manhattan or world war ii or somewhere around there where sure. certain technologies like dvds and uh better communication technologies just, just didn't happen maybe the cold war being ended earlier than it would have normally ended Mm. space race to yeah i guess that makes sense okay Mm -hmm. all right um it feels like you guys don't have too much else to say about this unless i'm mistaken yeah Um, well i mean a lot the question that you posed at the start was whether or not uh the detective will become rorschach Mm -hmm. uh because the one thing that we always see uh say will myerson or any uh shot of 
Rorschach, a guy in the mask, is always going, hmm. Mm. And the last thing that is said at the end of the issue is the, the detective saying, hmm. Oh. You know what? That's a really good call out. Was it back in I know I keep you on here where... for a reason. Mm-hmm. I know. There's been there's been a lot of stuff like that, like little similarities, like the story, like you would think it's going that way anyway. But like, there's been too many like art details and dialogue details. Like I think it was issue one where you had like the little narration box in the corner of a panel with the detective, and it was like Rorschach is waiting. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's the first time we mentioned he's going to become Rorschach on the show. Sure. There's also the sequence where the imagined Rorschach Will Myerson shoots him in the face and he's got a plink, a blood spatter that looks like like intentional like yeah. droplets of ink. Hmm. Yeah. Alright, uh, we can move on. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Sean, go ahead. Take it over. Uh, so, this takes on to Infinite Frontier number four? Is it yeah. four? Yeah. yeah. Number four by Josh Williamson. And several other artists. Shermanico, Paul Pelletier, you name it, there's everybody on this right now. Yeah, everyone. Uh, except that the covers are Mitch Garrett's, but yeah. he's not doing any interiors. Nowhere to be seen. Mm-mm. Um, I'm still really enjoying this. It's one of the most fun DC events I've read in a while. Uh, I think that for a miniseries, it's okay. I think that the first three issues captured me a lot more. I was kind of burnt out by this one um i just i wasn't as engaged as i was hoping to be i liked certain aspects of it i liked the conversation between thomas wayne and uh president superman and yeah. hmm. uh the reveal at the end i it feels like a really big race to get all of this stuff out and i just i feel kind of bad but i feel like now that i know it's not going to wrap up here and it's leading into the justice incarnate series which you can hear us discuss in our solicitor's episode listens at home gotta promote it there um yes we do now i feel like it's setting the pieces in place for the next chapter whereas i'm not expecting it to be rushing towards the end now I guess, but at the same time, for me, I can't help but think to myself, if you're going to sell me something that's going to be a six issue, just tell me that story first. Yeah. Hype me up about the future story. I'm not... But we might still... It might still wrap up to an extent and then leave threads open. Mm. We don't know where it's going, because we know um, Calvin Ellis and Thomas Wayne are headlining the Justice Incarnate book. Sure. I... I, it's not um, fair of me to compare any one piece of art to any other one piece of art because that's unrealistic because a creator is going to do what they want to do with that story. You should judge a creation based on what they tried to do, how well they did it. But I can't help but think about the series 52 yeah. and how that ran. There very much is a lot of that similar element of the mystery and they had 52 issues to do so much with all of these characters the, and the side the, stories. The plan changed drastically throughout, though. Sure. Like, there was a whole other miniseries written to deal with the actual events they wanted 52 to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I. But yeah, 50, 52 is a masterpiece. And I don't think comparing anything to that book is fair. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. It's It's... it's it's like if I were to try to compare something is killing the children to 
I don't know, Transformers. It's just not yeah. a valid comparison whatsoever. What's <laughs> yeah. like at all. Yeah. Um, but no, I like, you know that the Roy Harper storyline will be wrapped up in this. The Alan Scott storyline I expect to be wrapped up in this. But I think that's the thing I'm not happy with is that there's so many of these like storylines that felt like it could have been something really engaging and yeah. fascinating. And it's being wrapped up in six issues to be moved on to the real story here i mean basically what this is this this is all this is a six issue zero issue and that's fair i i I definitely feel like this could have been spread out more because i love all of these characters i want to know what's going on more it just feels like this is a giant setup for what's been going on with director bones and the reveal about machine head and i just i don't like this issue compared to the others that's my feeling and i'm gonna keep reading it because i know that joshua williamson has not let me down in the past yeah i just feel not too oh one scene i really do want to highlight as being well written is thomas wayne seeing the clips of bruce from all the different worlds sure and where he's like that was... i was wrong to try and stop him being batman like he he should be Batman. i I'm so goddamn pissed off about that scene, not because of this book, but because I, I just yeah. fucking hated that Thomas Wayne storyline in Tom King's run. Yeah. I hated it so goddamn bad. It made no sense. Yeah, uh, it was terrible. It's, I, I hated it. I hated it like I hated Mr. Oz with the Superman thing yeah. going on. <sighs> Frustrating. Um, you're being way too reasonable. Uh, in my opposition to this and I'm almost like I'm kind of surprised because I really feel like you are you would have stronger feelings about this and be like oh you're a terrible person no, I, for not liking this no like, I think some of your complaints are fair but at the same time I'm still enjoying it but I can't disagree with the points you've made okay fair enough I'm okay. enjoying it enough to overlook the complaints you're raising I think the other issue is that I'm reminded a lot of the David Goyer Jeff Johns early run of JSA and the kind of the same issue of like just trying to get to that point and i just just tell me a good story yeah. you know like if you've got six issues take that six issues and and just hit me dude like i want to be like destroyed at the end of that book i want to be overwhelmed i want it's like when you read all-star superman at the end of it again not going to compare the two books but the feeling that i had at the end of that I just sat down and I was just like, absolutely. Hell yeah. Yeah. America. <laughs> um, all joking aside, I can't say that this is a poorly written book. I just can't say that I was excited by this issue. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Josh, you aren't reading this, right? No. Okay, cool. Lame, lame, lame. I know. Yes, you are. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, we'll move on to the Joker. Uh, number six we? by James. What's that? Or will we? Shh. We will. Okay. <laughs> Okie dokie. Jo- Joker number six by James Tiny and the fourth and Guillaume March. Yeah. I've you, been talking a lot. I want to hear you guys first. Congratulations. You read a DC book this week. Oh my God. Guillaume March. They're just like, Guillaume, draw a pretty girl. And he's like, okay. <laughs> got it. I'm in this one. I got this one. She's going to be cute. That's, that's in my wheelhouse. That That is a Guillaume March girl. The opening five pages are straight out of a horror movie. Texas yeah, Chainsaw Yeah, I was Massacre. feeling that. Yeah. Yep. And then they find that Texas gold. 
I uh I don't know how to feel about the that family there because I'm not opposed to having you know serial killer esque things. I mean we have going Professor through, Pig from Batman, yeah. so yeah. But going from I think being it, like Boonies serial killers to striking it rich and being able to rewrite your history, mm -hmm. that's quite the change. I think it's an interesting choice to say that money really can buy you literally anything you can buy you a new story it can buy you uh people mm -hmm. realistically but yeah and now this guy's um like, what they're probably like in their 20s or 30s here these two guys and mm. uh so this guy's like 70 pushing 80 and he just looks oh they're like, ancient he just looks like crap well it says 50 years ago so now he's yeah. only like 80, but he looks terrible for 80. Well, I think that most people look pretty pretty terrible when they're 80, but I see what your point is. I would have guessed that this was some guy like that's 100 or something. Um, I th I'm just going to say William Shatner looks amazing for like 95. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. I think Guillaume March draws people like they really need a glass of water. Yeah. yeah. Like really bad. Like every except, time I see his art. Except women. They're drawn yeah. with flawless skin. No, even then, they look so, like they haven't eaten in a, in a month. I th I'm really concerned about the women that Guillaume Marcus They look starved, to. whereas the men look dehydrated. Yeah. So, like, the, the clown messes up uh, Sawyer or Samson, whatever. No, Uncle Sawyer. Buddy. He messed up Buddy's face real good. The doctor's mm -hmm. fixing him up. And as soon as he puts, you know, gets his face all fixed up, they're going to put a big mask on him. Well, like, I mean, what's, what's I think the it, point? I feel like they're they're saying that like he got messed up so bad that even surgery is not enough to you know hide the disfigurement necessarily. So I mean, I, at this point, I imagine him looking like Frankenstein's monster or you know the Toxic Avenger or something. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Uh. Let's let's go ahead to the next page where you've got this mime who is not the Joker, and he's literally touching the panels. I did yeah, like I like that. Yeah. He pushes. He Is it just me, or does it pushes it? it? I loved that sequence. I okay. So let me ask you this: knowing that this is going to end at fourteen, do you feel as engaged with this as you did before? Is it ending at fourteen, or is it just going yeah. to switch to a new? Tynan, Tynan's runs finishing at fourteen. But it, so, yeah, he didn't say the series was ending. Like there's going to be a no. new writer probably. But this. Yeah, but this was his pitch. Yeah. This yeah, old James know. Gordon hunting Joker, that might end at 14 and then it'll turn into just a straight Joker killing know. people for funsies book. We don't know yeah. at the minute. Yeah. Uh, do we know anything about this Santa Prisca Island? That's yeah, Santa Prisca is... Yeah, thank you. Yes. Okay. Well, I picked up on that, but I wasn't sure if that was, like, canon or not. It is. Yeah, it's okay. just a prison island in, like, Bolivia or somewhere in South America. Correct. Okay. Where Bane was got, born and raised you know, and took in the over. darkness. The, the shitty Corto Maltese. Mm -hmm. Um. There's a lot of aspects of this that it, you can really love and appreciate, especially because it's obviously a tiny in book. But I'm I'm disappointed knowing that this is going to end at 14, and I'm trying to keep my energy levels about this high because I do know that I like his work. I do know that I like this story. 
But knowing that it's going to end at that point now, I'm just sitting there being like, okay, well, where are you going to end it? Like how, like this is yeah. ex- issue six. So yeah. we're almost halfway there. We've got eight issues sitting... left. We're not even halfway. Yeah. Almost, so though. yeah. But he could still wrap it up in a satisfying way. I'm sure. Absolutely. I guess I'm just wondering if you're going to pitch a book like this and you have these big plans, I understand that you have the opportunity to really explore your creativity and your creative freedom. But I can't help but wonder, you know, what is the motivation to have this idea for this event, this storyline in the Batman universe, including Batman? And then just turn away from it and say, eh, I'll let somebody else do it. Is it yeah. the only thing I could think of is that editorial is that invasive? Well, he got offered a fuckload of money to go to Substack. And, and I get that. And that's enough motivation to an extent. But I, again, I just ha- can't help but think it's not unlike when Jonathan Hickman starts something and then just can't finish it. I mean, you how know, many issues? I've, have, I've written ba- the character Bible and now somebody else can follow this to the end. Just fill in, you know, Mad Libs, fill in the blanks. Yeah. When was the last time you read the last issue of Decorum? It's been months. I forgot that was the last one came out in March. Exactly. Well, it's not like he's going to pass that on to somebody else. I just think that if you're going to do something, I just think that you should do it. I I understand. Decorum Ace coming October 2013. Oh, sorry, October 13th. Oh. Ridiculous. Previews the other day, it was September 29th. Oh, this is Image's website. Oh, yeah, because on Image's website, it said September 9th just the other day. Oh, mm. so it's been delayed. Yeah. It's already been... It, every you heard month, it here first, folks. You know, it's so kind of like... Seven, uh, seven months it's, between uh, issues. The Bono, you know, every 60 seconds, a minute passes. Every was, month, they push it back another month. It was every other month. No, actually... Yeah, but every gosh, month, they June, push back to quorum number eight so, another month. I spent... There was Years. a two-month delay between issues one and two. Then it was monthly for three months. Yep. Then bi-monthly for th- yep. three issues, and then it's been seven. It'll be seven was months it, between was issues. Was it only that seven and eight. long between issue six and issue seven? Because I thought issue six came out in like December and seven came out in like February or March. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah. So two months delay after issue one. Then monthly for three issues. Bi-monthly for yeah. two issues. Then there was like a four month delay between six and seven. It's then a seven much. month delay between seven and eight. So it's far. the same issue that I. It's the same like energy as the whole bat cat thing going on yeah. right now. Like I can at least go okay. Well, that's yeah art yeah. delays and issues and what the fuck ever. These but. are just passion projects for these guys, and they got busy with other things, like uh, Nowhere Men by Eric Stevenson. He did oh god man eleven issues and issue twelve. We, you know, month after month, just get getting pushed back. They just kept saying, yeah. "It's a month. It's another month. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks." Like, come on, just take it off the list until you yeah. have that issue. But Eric Stevenson Absolutely. is busy being the uh, COO of Image. Like, he hasn't done anything since then. Not that he was like a big time writer. Well, He's done like two series. Yeah, but he did do a sequel. Uh, volume to that uh, original one of what of, of nowhere man no there's just 11 issues i thought that he did like 16 or 17 you might be thinking of a different series that's very similar i think he worked with the same artist 
but that came before. Yeah. Where right. it went to 16 or 17, it was supposed to go to 18. 17 is completed, but never released. Okay. Um, um, we have breaking news from Marvel. What's that? Jim Shooter has said Marvel is developing a live-action Secret Wars adaption. What? No way! Yep. He said Marvel have reached out to him to ask for rights for the adaption. Really? Haven't they already been yes. working on that anyway? I feel like they were already setting up for that. The original Secret Wars? The original Secret Wars. Oh, okay. Because... With the multiverse of madness, it seemed like they were going to be doing the more recent Secret Wars. Yeah, kind thought, of. Well, yeah. I mean, they might still do that and then have Doctor Doom be the main villain from that, too, or something. I don't know. Hmm. Who knows? All right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, this ty- this comic is called The Joker, uh, but it's really The Jim Gordon. And uh, <laughs> Joker only appears... In the last, the last panel. page, last panel, yeah. no words. Nope. In one of his more original, he does look. He does look fly suits. as fuck. Though stood on that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will say this. I think that it's less chim, about chim chimney chim chim <laughs> I think that the purpose is to show that the Joker has an effect on people even when he's not there. His presence doesn't yeah. need to be in the room for him to have affected you yeah, and like your the, life in some way. He's like the dungeon master, just watching things go down exactly yeah um kind of an underwhelming issue for me i liked I a lot want of the sequences to add one bit something we've mentioned a few times over the last couple of months this hmm. solidifies in continuity that barbara gordon is jim's daughter and not adopted daughter oh yeah well i mean they haven't directly like said anything otherwise and the and the conversations about no, narrations it's, about... it's always been a grey area because she was originally adopted and then they never really retconned it or anything. It was yeah. just kind of like, yeah, they never directly retconned it. They always just sort of like tried to forget about it. Sure. But this officially says like, no, when my wife was pregnant with Barbara. Oh yeah, she. Okay, yeah, that was clarified. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So now, as of now, Barbara is officially Jim Gordon's biological daughter. Well. We yeah. did it, guys. Uh, do we want to talk? Let's about, fucking go. Do we want to talk about Harvey Bullock at all? Oh yeah, that was actually the that uh, sequence good. that I loved the most. I liked Harvey. Yeah, I think Harvey Bullock is one of the, especially reading the Jeff Johns Earth One stuff. Uh, he has a really cool and interesting character. I like seeing him pop up here and there. Um, I think that if I'm clarifying things here, Jim Gordon has retired from the police force now and yes. it sounds like Bullock has as well. And now yeah. he's a private yeah. investigator. Yeah. I can't remember where it was, but Bullock, I think Gordon might have been fired and Bullock was like, Oh, if you're firing him, then fuck you guys. I'm going to. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll uh, have them back on the GCPD in two years and Jim will have orange hair yet again. Yep. Yep. Going back to dying it. Yep. Um, I don't really have anything else guys. That's no. okay. I still like the series, but yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll talk about Batman Urban Legends number six, Chip Zdarsky and Eddie Barrows. We're mostly going to talk about the big news this week, uh, which is the issue uh, story talking about the reveal that Tim Drake is bisexual in canon. Uh, I mostly want to talk about the Chip Zdarsky story. <laughs> mm, I mean, 
If you like Chip Zdarsky, I suppose that makes sense. Yeah, he's he's all right. We we <laughs> we occasion we occasionally mention, we occasionally give him some positive buzz on the show. Should we uh, talk about the uh, this new era of Jason Todd? Tell yeah. me about it. He's Go ahead, a, John. Well, he's officially part back in the Bat family. He's not using guns anymore. Mm-hmm. He's trying to be a force for good instead of a vor- of. He's trying to be a force for good instead of a force for chaos or not mm-hmm. chaos but just no it's chaos that's yeah. that's completely fine chaos is neutral in the sense that it, it exists and goes out into the world it's not negative or bad or yeah. good like this is the best jason todd story that has ever been written by dc absolutely and it's not even yeah. close the characterizations of everyone here bruce batman i'm classing them separately because they do have different personas so to speak mm-hmm. Like just every, it's a masterfully told story, and it made me care about Jason Todd. Yeah, I think that Chip Zdarsky really understands these characters, and I'm wondering if he went into this knowing that he wanted to make these changes to Jason Todd. Um, it's, I I don't like that there's so many times that a writer or a creator in general has had to come in and then say I'm gonna have to fix all these issues, but. When they do come in and fix these issues, it's such a breath of fresh air and relief. Yeah. Uh, for so many people who are fans of these characters, and it's not even that like I'm like the number one Jason Todd fan. I'm not, but I like the character well enough that I do want him to be told right. Yeah, he's one of those characters that like I've never really enjoyed, but I've always been like it's not the character's fault; it's the writing. Stop giving him to Scott Lobdell. Yeah. God, seriously. Um. And he's a cool character. He's been a cool character. He's yeah. been interesting. And and doing this story, I think, was really necessary. Yeah. But yeah, and when we saw Bruce's flash of his imagination of what made him happy, it was him finally killing the Joker, making his family safe. Yeah. And, yeah. And then, obviously, at the end, you have Bruce give him a new costume so he doesn't have the awful scorpion mask and hood. Yeah. With the crowbar <laughs> on his back. Which is just silly. Yeah. Like, I don't really have an opposition to the crowbar because it's not unlike the whole, like, you you are, your, you're owning your fear. But it it's was, a little silly. It was terrible. Yeah. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about this. Uh, the other stories were kind of okay. The Tim Drake reveal was okay. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah. the art in the Tim Drake story is very good it is, it's very good um, I would also like to just say once again that Eddie Barrows doing art on the main story is still choice hmm. is this Trevor Hursane on the, yeah Yeah. I didn't realize there was a Black Widow a Black Canary story in her I skimmed it, it's meh it's Josh Williamson I'm having a bit of a hard time getting into a lot of these books that have these little snippet stories. I Fair enough. I enjoy them to an extent, but there's so many times that I'm just like, oh, whatever. Yeah. I, I've just skimmed through it and seen this. I didn't even know the story was in the book, but... Um, uh, oh, I'm surprised, actually. Yeah. Well, I only read it for the Chips Darsky story. I didn't care about anything right, else. Right, right. Um, okay. But yeah, Ollie and Dinah using a mugshot of Batman as target practice was funny. <laughs> Um, from one rich man to another yep (laughs) shall we uh, uh, Jeff Bezos takes shots at Elon Musk oh yes (laughs) absolutely do we think he wears his big safari hat while shooting god yes I think that he hunting the most dangerous game exactly 
billionaires. Um, we shall move on to Justice League Last Ride number four by Chip Zdarsky and Miguel Mendonca. And I really like parts of this. It is very heavy on Chip this week, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Chip heavy. I really like parts of this, and I really hated one part. What uh, part did you hate? Superman wouldn't just fly off and leave Hal fighting Darkseid on his own. Ah, uh, disagree. Superman would not leave Hal in a fight against Darkseid on his own. S- disagree. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let, you know what? Actually, let's talk, let's let's hash it out. Go. Superman understands self-sacrifice. He doesn't like it, but he knows that it's the job they're in. Really. But, so you're telling me that you think that Superman would willingly let no, anybody on his... No, 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 no. If they're fighting Toy Master, he'd leave Hal fighting Toy Master. But they're fighting the darkness. They are fighting the anti-life. They are fighting Darkseid. And Superman left Hal to his death, basically. No, he did not. Superman, like... ha- Superman has no right to be angry at Bruce in this. Hal should be angry at Clark. Superman is mad at Bruce because he knows that Bruce has the ability to think those extra steps ahead, like Bruce said. Level and nine intellect. <laughs> the point of it is that Superman, I mean, Flash even says it. He wants to save everybody. He wants to be there at all points and all times. And for him to have not been able to do one of the most important things here, not just save the world and the universe and whatever comes in between it, but, but to save his friend. To him, I, any loss is a failure in his in his eyes. So I him agree, going, but he's fighting dark side. Yeah, dark side. If it was any other bad guy, I would say fair enough. But they are fighting dark side. You're I, th- you're looking at this too logically. Is the problem <laughs> is that when it comes to an emotional ex- response to this, I mean, yeah. it's Superman. His his emotional response is going to be, "I want to do what I think is the right thing in the moment." Of course, his emotions yeah. are going to say. My my mind wants to go rescue my friend, and yeah. I can understand the logic to an extent of saying like uh, maybe Hal Jordan uh, could die from this, but realistically, in that circumstance, that's a confirmed death. So his response was, "I'm choosing the person to try to save the person who I know is going to die." Yeah, you see what I'm saying? I get that, but just it irks me that Superman abandoned him in a fight against Darkseid. I don't think that that's a valid complaint. I think that that's a very reasonable thing to feel a little bit conflicted about. Also, to be honest with you, I honestly just like the banter back and forth between us. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to feel about the fact that Chip Zdarsky is so good at telling these stories. Because I can't keep asking him to be like the guy on all of these stories. But I'm also like, come on, Chip. Give me, give, give me more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on, Chip. Do it. He is Do something crazy. (laughs) Like, his Daredevil run at Marvel right now is the best superhero ongoing series that I'm reading. Every issue consistently ups the storytelling, ups the stakes. Sure. And is masterfully told. Yeah. Oh, Chip. It's the the summer. Oh, something we forgot to mention in the news was Daredevil's ending. Oh, his run on Daredevil? But it's leading to something else. I actually didn't see that, so thank you for letting yeah. us know that. No, Marvel have said in a few weeks they're going to be announcing the next part of um, Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil run, but that series is ending at 36. Okay. Cool. It's a nice number. Um, Three trade, of throw, Six trades. Yeah. Of, if it's some by sixes. 
something I will say about this issue is I thought it was interesting to have Mongol show up the way that he did. Yeah. Uh, I like really? Mongol as a villain. I think that he's uh, underutilized a lot of the, a lot of the time, but I really like what's going on in the he, Philip Kennedy Johnson Superman stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say he's not underused there. Yeah. He is. They really try and there. keep uh, Darkseid and Mongol like separated. Try and not keep them anywhere close to each other. I don't know if they've ever fought. I can't think of a time that they've like collided. Can you? Let's Google it. Yeah. Regardless, this is still one of those miniseries that uh, is a joy to read. It feels like a fun superhero comic. It's an interesting side story. I'm really engaged with it. Um, yeah. I got nothing else to say. Um, I just want to say the artwork on the last page where you have Brainiac Cyborg Superman riding a Batmobile towards them. God, that was so insane. (laughs) It felt Uh, like Undiscovered Country and Mad Max Fury Road. There are are some, like, packages of these characters that you're just like, how the fuck has that not been done before? And it just works. And it's just so insane. But it's so good. I don't know. Hmm. Also, I really didn't expect Cyber Superman to show up, like, whatsoever anyways. But here here it is. Really? That's neat. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that guy since the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, he's been around. He's been a lot of... He was in a Philip Kennedy Johnson issue of Action Comics. Yeah, he was also... Yeah. He was also in... Josh, because you're terrible. He was also in a lot of the Jeff Johns run of Green Lantern. Like, a crazy amount. Yeah. And Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. But when you guys... You know, when we used to be the source wall, I used to think of him because there was a run where he was stuck there. Mm. yeah you're right i can't remember what that was though it was in 97 it's the 97 run that i have he's in there he's not even the first character to be stuck in the source wall either it's just weird not the first not the last no we still got the black hand in there he's probably not going to come out for another 10 years (laughs) yeah um let's uh should we talk about the free comic book day reads or do shout outs yeah let's do that free comic book day Get your shit. Get out. But buy some other shit. And then get out. There's no discounts. Please get out. But oh, please buy discounts. stuff. And then get out. Always running sales. Okay. The big ones. The big two that we got this week. We're uh, Enter the House of Slaughter. That's probably sure. going to be backwards. And uh, the We Live Last Days uh, one shot. Maybe lead into the second arc. Uh, Sean, you were able to read Enter the House of Slaughter. Yes, I did, and I loved it. You've been reading Something is Killing the Children. I have. So you're basically seeing the other half of certain conversations that are from the original series. Yeah. So this is just like the other side of all the sort of phone calls she has to the head office throughout the the first arc, basically, until this character then comes to meet her. Okay. Do you... In the regular series do you see these different houses and colors they have they have been teased okay mm. um yeah we and this this covers the entire seen, current series um up until about issue seven or eight when this character leaves there to come help her basically oh okay mm. yeah so after the first this basically covers the first trade uh yeah i can't remember exactly what issue it was that he came over but yeah okay he does appear at some point. 
Do you know this stuff about uh, her origins? It's been teased at slightly. I think we get more here. But still, like... Yeah, we see the gold dragon a few times in the main series, maybe once or twice, the one with the golden mask. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen the one with the white mask a few times, as well as a few other soldiers, but we don't really have much lore on them yet. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, How about this that issue was really good. I liked yeah. it. Did you? Uh, did you get to see the? Uh... Oh, it wasn't this book. My bad. Forget that. It was a different uh, free comic book day thing that I was going to bring up. I think it's in the back of We Live. Ah, oh, so no, I haven't seen it then. Yeah. Uh, see if I can say anything about We Live without spoiling it. It's a uh, it's a one shot focused on new characters, a group of kids, uh, right before the end times. Uh, we meet up with other hunters, uh, and we meet one character. Uh, from the original series. So, I need to go back and read the first or second issue of We Live to see if any of these characters, because uh, it's a group of kids, uh, see if any of them appear as part of the larger party, the bus that's supposed to be going to the uh, final destination. Final destination. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be kind of lame if, like, maybe one of these kids is the, uh, uh, one of the new heroes for the, uh, follow-up series. The, the Age of Palladions. We'll see. Oh, Tyler. There's a, uh, oh. there's a, there's a series, there's a short in the back of this for a new, a, a preview for a new series from Steve Orlando. You're gonna get, eat your heart out. It's called uh it's called Rainbow Bridge. Oh, I'm sold. Yep. It's about a little corgi that goes over that rainbow bridge. Um, did either of you guys pick up any of the Marvel free comic book day stuff? I did, yes. but I haven't read them yet. Alright, I got the Hulk those one here. was weird. Uh I didn't read the Spider Man one, but the, the Hulk one was very strange. It's uh it opens up in a distant future, like planet hell thingscape? And it's got Avengers Tower full of death locks. It's uh, it's very strange, but it's also a Donny Cates book, so I'm like, oh, this is gonna be some, yeah, some this dark, is a, dark, dark. Yeah, this is uh, probably going to be one of the first or what? I, I don't think this is a one shot or anything. I think this is gonna be in one of the first issues. Oh, I mean, it is. It's so the way the Immortal Hulk series is leading right now is they're literally going to hell. Mm -hmm. So. I wouldn't be surprised if Donny Cates is going to be like, ooh, hell you say. <laughs> My inner goth punk is screaming and tingling like a little oh, it, girl. It does lead into the Donny Cates run? The Immortal Hulk? The Hulk does. issue? Well, yeah. I'm, Immortal Hulk is going to lead into the Donny Cates, or the Donny Cates run of Hulk? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because it's going to be an oversized issue leading up to... You know, I mean, Donny Cates is going to have to essentially like respond to what's going on with that and then move forward. So. Oh man, I thought I was going to be able to pick up fresh. I thought um, so too. Well, I mean, it's not like you're not going to be able to. You're not going to be able to go into it, and then be like, "Oh, I don't understand what's going on." You're going to read it and then be like, "Oh yeah, this is. I understand what's happening." All right. 
the uh, thing is though is that issue 50 is going to be oversized so it is going to be wrapping up all of the al ewing stuff it's not yeah anything that you're going to be like oh i missed out on so much to the point where you're like i'm disgusted by how little i know mm-hmm. so uh you want to talk about the avengers uh preview for the tower at the center of everything um no it's just it's a little frustrating for me just because like i i was really big into the avengers and i'm kind of just bored with a lot of the stories that are coming out of the avengers right now yeah it's a little disappointing you know yeah this seems to be tied into the whole multiverse it is and i don't know i i usually am excited for stuff like that but with this i was just like eh. yeah i don't know i just uh the last pages with this team up of like a mini Thanos, Doctor Doom, was that King yeah. in Black? I don't know if this is supposed to be uh, a different version of Wolverine. They're all different versions. This is in that distant future multiverse, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes. Death. That one Deathlock goes one million years into the past. Then there's the Ghost Rider, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's. I don't know probably what heroes reborn could have been well jason aaron definitely wants to toy around with what's going on and i don't have an issue with that i just don't think that i'm that stimulated by it right now and i think that's the issue with that i have with it is i fell off when they started doing like back issues of like what's going on with mephisto and the fight with uh, the moon knight god moon knight and god. i can't remember what his name is um I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, I, I don't know what this is leading to. And it's the same complaint that I have with Nick Spencer. It's just like, it's taking really long. And I've read stuff before where it's taken a while to get to that point. But when I have read that and known it's going to take a long time. Okay, I'll give you an example. Secret Invasion. I did not see coming. When it led up to that, I was like, oh, cool. Now I'm excited for this to come out. And then within like two months, they're like, "Secret, here's Secret Invasion." Yeah, this is all one big like, "Haha, we're building up." Haha, we're building up, and it's fifty issues later, and I'm just like, "Eh." Yeah, uh, I didn't. Sorry, I jumped ahead a little bit. Uh, oh, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, did you get the Spider-Man Venom? I did, but I haven't read it. Okay. Um, I don't. But it's your favorite, Zeb Wells. I know. Yeah. I don't yep, know. Yeah, right. There's there's two pages towards yeah, just two pages towards the back, where it looks like Paul Esaseta, uh drew these pages, but I don't see his name anywhere. Yeah. There's not really, there this. This preview is not very good at saying like this is the comic that we're previewing right now. Mm-mm. No, this is a lot of the same complaints that I've had with free comic book stuff in the past where. Yeah, we got our two big things, and then uh, after the Spider-Man, you know, there's there's a Spider-Man issue and a Venom tease, and then after that, uh, we get, like, two pages here, and then yep. another two pages for Daredevil. Yep. And it doesn't even say what this comic is that it's, you know, previewing. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, cut off the free comic book day reads yeah. uh, now, just because we're going a little long. We're almost at two hours now, so why don't we move on to shoutouts? Yeah. 
Oh man, I had like ten more things. Ugh. Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I I they uh the shop that I go to they have you check off a list like I want this and this and this and they had us do the same list you know all of the stuff for my family on one list just to make it simple. Hmm. There was an Assassin's Creed uh, free comic book day thing and I checked that, but instead of the Assassin's Creed they put the Blade Runner thing in. So oh, I, weird. Yeah. Weird little mix up. But yeah, let's let's go on to shout outs. So I read Batman eighty nine number one this week. And this definitely felt like the eighty nine movie in some places, but in other places it felt surprisingly like the animated series. Okay. Um, the art's great, the character designs are great, costumes are great. It's it's a really good book. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, right on. Um, I've got no shout-outs this week. Uh, I read everything uh, that we talked about. So you're getting the uh, the Black Robin in this based on the uh, yes, sketches the that I see. Damon in the Wayans. Back of, yeah, in the back of Joker, I see these sketches here. Yeah, the Damon Wayans design from um, yeah. Batman Forever. Fun Old fact, man, Michael he Keaton. still... Yep. Uh, Damon Wayans still gets paid royalties for Batman Forever despite never appearing in the movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember reading that somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got a. Uh, who played Commissioner Gordon in the original movies? I do not remember. I don't know what his name is. Yeah, he looks like a larger dude. Like they, like he ate Harvey Bullock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They basically merged the two characters oh. in a in a. Also, this retcons Batman and Robin. Ah, okay. Um, because yeah. Barbara's a completely different character in this. Yeah. Instead huh. of Alfred's granddaughter or whatever she was, great niece. So, oh yeah, right, Alicia Silverstone, man. Josh, did you have any shoutouts? Um, we didn't get to it last week, but I was wondering if you guys wanted to talk about not all robots. Nah. Okay. Um, yeah. The only other thing I read that I've even gotten to is uh, Parasomnia. Uh, by Colin Bunn. Uh. The first issue is very disjointed because yeah, this uh, guy is looking for his son and he's stuck between a dreamscape and the real world. And this issue finally, you know, it's issue two. It finally explains more of the rules uh, about what was going on in issue one. So he's cool. He's searching for his son that has been kidnapped by a cult. Um, so he's homeless, searching for his son. He's in the dreamscape. And the, he has the power to kind of rewrite reality in the dreamscape. But the more he rewrites reality, the more, the harder his foothold in that dreamscape is. And he might get stuck in the dreamscape if he uses his power too much. Okay. So it's an interesting uh, set of powers. You use the powers too much, you will get hurt. Okay. I like Cullen, but I actually might check that out just based on what you said. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, I think this is only four issues. Uh, that's fine yeah yeah it's cool. for dark horse it you know it's issue two is better than issue one issue one is just absolutely the smoke and mirrors just go with it just roll with it issue two explains a bit more of what's going on okay cool um i'm going to have us move on to picks of the week and i'm going to start off with my pick of the week which is going to be fantastic Four life story issue number three um, I just was really stimulated by it. The ending, the overall, overall allegory. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's my pick. Yeah, same. Well, well I'm going to go with the silver coin. 
because this was the best issue out of that series. I think, I think it was a strong week all across the board. There weren't really any books I can point at and say I didn't enjoy. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Like, Daredevil yeah. was also great. House of Slaughter was also great. Ordinary Gods I really enjoyed. Silver Coin I really enjoyed. I'm still medium I mean, on Ordinary Gods. Like, it, it's yeah. a little better than the first issue, yeah. but, like, I'm still on the fence. I'm, I'm hesitant to say that I was thoroughly... Uh, I, that I thoroughly enjoyed the Infinite Frontier issue this week, but I still I can't say that I read anything that was like horrible this week or bad or even below no. a 5.0. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to let us uh, to read us off next week's books as well. Next week we have Home Number Five, the final issue of the miniseries Nocturne Number Six, the oversized end of the story arc. Uh, coming to the conclusion of the big reveal from the last issue, Radiant Black Number Seven. Mm-hmm. King the Conqueror number one. I'm probably not going to pick. Well, I'll oh, check I'm, it out. But I'm getting it. If I get time, yeah. I'll read it. Yeah. Moon Knight number two. Batman Catwoman number six. Blue and Gold number two. Not getting it. Nightwing 83. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number three. And Batman and the Authority number two of the four issue limited series, which I'm very pumped for. Funny, I could have sworn it was Superman and the Authority, not Batman and the Authority. Did mm-hmm. I say Batman? You did yes. say Batman. I have. No I wasn't going right to call now. you I'm out sorry. on it, but you know, um, Sean has standards. Yeah. <laughs> Blue and gold was actually delayed, so that's not this week. Oh. Okay. Yeah, uh, uh, that's okay. I yeah, have. Uh, slow. I have Lazarus Risen number six coming out. That snuck up sure. on me. You know, that's that's yeah. a two or three times a year, so. That time the schedule year on that's been kind of weird. Yeah, you yep. just got to prepare for it. It was originally it. supposed to be quarterly, and then it just keeps getting delayed even more, so it becomes like, it goes from four I mean, times, the guys, three two times, three times a year to yeah. two times a year. It's almost if, like a magazine at this point. It's, it's I don't huge. think that he's in good health, so, I mean, I'm not surprised, really. It's just like... Who, Greg uh, Rucka? Yeah, no, the other one, the artist. Uh, well, I can find that out. Uh, Michael Lark. Michael yeah. Lark, yeah. Uh, all right well i'm gonna get time before time number four i don't know about you guys i think you guys have all jumped off of it yeah yeah we have okay yeah i liked issue one but i just eh. never got around to issue two and then i think this is gonna I read be issue the issue two. I just, that eh. really seals the deal you gotta, go, you gotta go all the way to issue four to really get it no you you go all the way to issue eight and <laughs> of the 12 issue miniseries and then you're like well i might as well finish <laughs> All right, uh, and I'm going to end it here. This has been our comic book club episode of Cult of Comics. Uh, This is Monday, August 17th, 2021. I'm Tyler. That's Sean. That's Josh. You can find us on various social media platforms. You can find me on TikTok at Tyler Brown is here. Um, Mostly, though, Josh is going to be hiding from uh, the mafia because, I mean, in a van down by the river. Exactly. And you can find us on all of the podcast locations that you can uh, find Anchor.fm distributing to. Uh, thank you, Anchor.fm. You can find us on YouTube. Give us a like, subscribe, follow. If you like what you hear, if you like what you see, you can pop into our Discord chats by going into our Patreon.com slash Cult of Comics. Thank you for checking us out. This has been our Comic Book Club of the Week. Anything you guys want to say before we sign off? Peace in the Middle East. Peace in the Middle East. How could you say something controversial yet so brave? Yeah, so brave. And on that note, I'm going to wrap us up here. Have an awesome rest of your day. Stay safe out there. Uh, Stay healthy and all hail.